0: Thanks, Steve, good morning. good morning. You're a lovely lot the way you greet me back. <laughs> I like this movie. Is that, yeah. I love this movie. I love that um, as you watch through it, it's, it's harrowing watching um, poor Chris in his um, striving and pursuit for happiness. He works so hard and has knockback after knockback. And this little boy of his, Christopher, just sort of tags along with him um, and is aware that his dad is having these stresses and pressures. And yet what I love is that despite that, this young Christopher seems to experience joy and happiness and contentment around his dad. I'm reading an excellent book at the moment, which is all about trauma, and it's written by a doctor, and it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And in it, he writes, Being able to feel safe with other people is probably the single most important aspect of mental health. Safe connections are fundamental to meaningful and satisfying lives. The critical issue is reciprocity, being truly heard and seen by the people around us, feeling that we are held in someone's mind and heart. For us to lead satisfying, healthy, fulfilling lives it matters that we are heard and seen by somebody it matters that we are held in the heart and mind of somebody else and I think this explains young Christopher's happiness I think it's because he truly feels that he is held in the heart and mind of his dad that he's seen and heard by his dad so this leads to happiness or contentment I truly believe that each one of us can find a place where we can be content. I prefer the word content to happiness. I'm going to use that instead. I believe that we can find contentment and we find it at home. But by home, I don't mean the place that you grew up. I don't mean the place that you're living in right now. I mean somewhere in here. Somewhere where we feel that we are heard and seen. Somewhere where we know that we are held in the mind and the heart of someone else. One of my very favorite images of this idea of coming home comes from this great movie from a few years ago called The March of the Penguins. I don't know whether you've seen it, Morgan Freeman. Um, narrates it, and it's magnificent. And it's about these emperor penguins. So they're sea creatures, emperor penguins. But occasionally... Um, they come out of the water, but most of the time they spend their life like this. After they're born and they've gone into the water, they spend about four years on sea. And then after they've been at sea, there's this great moment, which is all that what the film's about, where they come out of the sea and they have nine months where they're on land. And what they're doing in this time is they're getting themselves to this central place which takes a week of day and night stumbling and falling and following each other and going along on their bellies to get to this central place, finding a mate's, having a baby. And in this place, they face so many dangers. It's dark. It's freezing, the gales and storms that come around them. They've got to stay together. They could starve. The egg can fall off their feet, or the baby can fall off their feet. And it's harrowing to watch this film as they go. But nine months after these adults have come out of the water and trekked 100 kilometers to this place, the ice waters have completely melted. And so the ice is only about a 100 yards um, away from where these um, little penguins are. And this is what happens next. It is now December, and they are ready to leave the place where they were born. And although they have never known the ocean, nor touched it. They, like their parents, are of the sea. (laughs) And so, one day, they'll take the plunge and go home for the first time. these little penguins spend about the next four years at sea but there was that one day where they took the plunge and they went home for the very first time they went home to the place where they could truly be themselves the place where they're full of grace and speed rather than tumbling and tripping and sliding they will face dangers and trials in that place there are predators and other dangers but that is the place that they are home This morning, as Steve said, we're looking at the story from the Bible that is all about home, the story of the prodigal son, and we've looked, as Steve said, at the main part of it. We've looked at the part about the young son, the younger brother who decides he wishes his father dead, he takes the inheritance that would be his, he heads to the city because he's pursuing happiness, only to find that when hard times come that actually it's an empty place to be. And he comes home planning to fall on his knees and say he's sorry and ask to be a servant, only to find that he is welcomed home into the embrace of his father. He's welcomed home with incredible fanfare and warmth and a party is put on. And this is the point that we meet the character that we're looking at this morning, the elder brother. This is what happens next. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older brother was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This story is all about the wild young son who leaves home only to find it again. But we find in the wings there is another son who is also lost. The elder son is far from home even though he's never actually left the property, he has outwardly done all the right things. He has worked so hard. He has been faithful. Yet from within him, you see that the response reveals that he didn't believe that he was held in the heart and the mind of his father. He didn't live with the freedom that should have been his as the true heir to that place. The father goes out from home to meet the elder son with his arms wide open just as he went out to meet the younger son with his arms wide open. Yet the older son is filled with resentment and bitterness and jealousy. He has worked so hard, but he feels unappreciated. He has strived. He has done the right things, and he's not getting what he deserves, he feels. Because all this time, he has believed a lie. Maybe he watched his father grieving for the son that had gone away. And maybe he assumed from that that the father loved the younger son more. But the lie that he has believed has hardened his heart. And so the father comes out to him and he reveals the truth to him. He says, my child, this term is actually a really affectionate term. He's telling him and calling him my son, my child. He's telling him, you are mine. You're precious to me. I know you and I love you. And he goes on and says, everything that I have is yours. I am always with me. You are always with me. The love and the presence and the inheritance that the father has for that elder son is full, 100% complete. And there is not one thing that depletes from that. The younger son coming home does not take away any of the truth of that. And yet the brother doesn't seem to see that. My child, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. And the elder brother has a choice to make. We don't know what he does but he has a choice to make. He can stay where he is and continue to believe the lie that he's believing and stay in discontent and bitterness. Or he can take one step forwards and he can step into the open embrace and arms of his father and he can come home, come home and know peace. As we've seen this month, the father in the story represents God. When we know the reality of God's love and His presence. When we know deep down that we are held in His mind and His heart, that we are heard and seen. We can find contentment in difficulties. We can find contentment in monotony as well. So, what about you and me? Are we home? Are we home? Maybe you're a little bit like the younger son and you actually think, well, I don't know that I've ever known the embrace of the father. I think I'm a long way from home like the younger son. God's arms are open to us in that situation. But maybe actually you've been around the property a while. Maybe you've been around the property your whole life and yet you're still actually not sure that you're home. Are you home? A couple of weeks ago, I had um, a day where if you'd asked me, are you home today, and I knew what you were talking about, (laughs) I would have said, yes, of course I'm home today, only to discover that I wasn't. It was one of those days where you wake up in the morning and you already feel overwhelmed. I knew I had a vast amount to do that day. It probably wasn't helped by a little bit of hormonal tension in my gut, too, but I woke up feeling overwhelmed And I got on with my day and a few things happened early on that um, frustrated me more. And so by the time it was mid to late morning and I was going to the supermarket to do my shopping, this thing inside me was like a beast. It was raging inside of me, my gut or whatever it is. And I went round the supermarket. I was so nice to people. Maybe I thought subconsciously that if I was really nice, I could actually make a difference inside of me, and I would feel nice too. No. I came down the escalator, and I talked to God a lot in these moments. Oh, God, you've got to sort me out. This is not who I want to be. I'm speaking on the elder brother. I meant to know I'm the beloved. You know, come on, God, take this away from me. Blah-de-blah. On I go. I went and I stood by my car and the car park was quite empty and I was just about to get into my car and behind me so Coles Car Park at Eastland one level down in there and um, so there's quite a low roof and um, behind me there's this sudden road raid incident, this man yells out of his window at this older couple in a car and at first I'm just shocked and feel sorry for this older couple and then it was like a light bulb moment and I thought that is me. I have just seen me. I feel exactly like that ugly man. Not that he, um, I don't know what his face was like, but he is so ugly inside. It's a, there's a phrase in a psalm, the brute beast. I thought that is me. God, you have just shown me me. And so I put my bags in the car, and I take my trolley over to the little trolley thing. And I am despairing at this point, utterly despairing, because I'm like, that is so ugly, God, and why am I so ugly inside, And, and all this. And suddenly, I put the trolley away, and this bird flutters all around my head and then flies off away from me. And I look up at this bird, and in the East End car park, it is a dove, a white dove in the Eastland car park. And I'm like, and in that moment, I go, well, what do you think I think? Peace, peace. That is what God wants to give me. He's just shown me the ugliness of my insides. And now he's showing me what he wants to give me inside. And it was those moments of going, he has seen me, he has heard me. And so I cried, as I do in those moments. And I went back to my car. But I'm still feeling this, a bit of it. It was a bit better. It was a lot better. But it was still there. And I'm like, what is going on? So I spoke to a, a friend of mine. And she said, ask me the question. Ask, ask you, ask yourself the question, not me. Ask yourself the question, what is the lie that you're believing? So later on, I stopped. And I said, okay, God, what is the lie that I'm believing in this moment? And instantly into my head, I sensed him say to me, you don't think I'm trustworthy. You do not believe that I can hold this day for you. You think you have to hold all this day for yourself. You don't. That part is mine, not yours at all. Yes, you have to do these things. And it was just this amazing revelation of, I I did, I truly believed that. I truly believed it was on my shoulders, all the things I had to do that day. The peace that swept through me the moment I took that one step forward into the arms of God and said, okay, God, I am so sorry. You're right. I will now trust you. Um, The peace that swept through me, I went through the rest of the day singing an old chorus. He's got the whole world in his hands. Not when my children are around. I'm banned from singing when my children are around. But the lie was revealed to me The lie that was completely keeping me from peace and joy was completely keeping me from being the woman that God has made me to be. The day remained crazily full. It was ridiculous how full it was. And yet I went through it with incredible peace and with joy and with a good old song on my side. Living at home is not a decision that we make once in our life. Living at home is not a decision that we make once a day. Living at home is a decision that we make moment by moment. I see something beautiful and I step into the arms of God and I am grateful for it. I know that I have difficulties and I step into the arms of God and I choose to trust him in it. My heart breaks and I step into the arms of God and know that he holds me as I weep moment by moment as we live at home living in the place that we're created to be knowing that we are heard and seen knowing that we are held in the minds and the heart of god so if you think maybe i'm not at home can i ask you this morning what is the lie that you're believing what's the lie that you're believing Maybe the lie that you're believing is the same as the lie that the elder brother believed. That I've worked hard, I've been good, but I look at other people's lives and they seem to be easier and better than mine. It's not fair. Maybe God loves them more than He loves me. Something like that. Maybe the lie is that God isn't really good and I can't really trust Him. Maybe the lie is my lie. That to make it happen, it depends on me. And that God isn't trustworthy. Or maybe it's a sense of unworthiness. That God wouldn't want me. That he wouldn't come running out to meet me. Is there a lie that we're believing? That you're believing? If there is, God would take that. And he would replace it with truth in his embrace. Because the truth is the same for you and me and the elder brother. My child, you are precious to God. You are his, known and loved. God's love for you and presence for you, with you, is full 100%. No one else can take that love from you. Nothing can change that love for you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. If we recognize this morning that we're not at home, whether we're a long, long way away like the younger brother or we're just one step away, what do we choose this morning? Just as the little penguin stood on the edge of the ice, just as the elder brother stood a step away from his father, Do we choose to stay where we are and remain in the lie or the lies that we're believing which causes discontent? Or do we choose to step into the loving embrace of a father who has loved us always and who has joy and peace to give us? A place where we can live as we were created to live. I'm not quite finished. I have a little bit more to say. But I would like to pause now. I would actually like to talk to God, to pray. And if what I pray makes sense to you, so what I say to God, then just inside of you, you can be in agreement with that. And as I say, our men at the end, which is just saying, I agree. Just quietly in your mind, say, I agree. And then we'll close after that. So I'm gonna pray. God, I thank you that your love for us is bigger than we will ever understand. It is bigger and better. Thank you. Thank you that you stand before each one of us in this room with your arms wide open and you call us home again and again and again through the day. God, for those of us that want to step home right now into your embrace, God, I pray that you will give us whatever it is we need, the courage, the strength, the call, that we will step forwards into your presence, God. Then I pray that you will replace the lies with truth, that you will fill us with your peace, that we will know your joy. Thank you that that is your desire. Amen. If we choose to come home, how will we remember... How will we remember, moment by moment, day by day, a few very quick thoughts? Be aware of your thinking. If you find yourself comparing yourself with somebody else, change the habit of your thinking and take it to gratitude. If you find yourself feeling overwhelmed by the difficulties, I am learning this again and again. Change it to trust so that we change our thinking remind ourselves of the truth. Sticky notes on mirrors, writing on mirrors and shower doors, notes in our lunchbox, scrolling through our diary, technological things, reminders, alarms, whatever you do on those devices. (laughs) So remind yourself again and again, schedule it so you're reminded of the truth again and again. Be on the lookout for the activity of God. Decide, I am going to put my skepticism aside for at least two weeks. Whatever, longer, go longer. And I'm going to actually go, okay, I will believe that that was God. Even though my skeptical brain is shouting at me, I will believe that that is the activity of God. And encourage excuse me, encourage each other. If you haven't signed up for the Immerse 2019 support network, it is a brilliant way to encourage each other to remember the truths as we go through our day by taking moments of pause through our day. Go to the table in the foyer afterwards and sign up if you haven't. What a peace-filled, hope-filled, content, life-flourishing place this community could be if we know deep inside of us that we are seen and heard, that we put aside our lies, and we know that we are held in the hand and in the mind of God. The band are going to sing a beautiful song. Can I really encourage you to reflect on the words and maybe even to talk yourself with God as you listen. Thanks, guys.